welcome to the Boutique Hotel News podcast, where we share the latest news, comment and opinion from across the sector, along with thought-provoking interviews with industry leaders. My name's Eloise Hansen, news reporter at BHN and host of this week's episode. Here I'm joined with Andrew Harrington, owner of AHV Associates, where we talk about the availability and cost of capital and why there is a powerful case for investing in hospitality. Hospitality businesses are now preparing for a July relaunch. If hotels look to open around the same time, then occupancy and rates are likely to take longer to stabilise. What knock-on effect will this have on investment opportunities? Well, otherwise, I mean, the, the, the question, of course, is an excellent question. Um, and, it, and it sort of dovetails into a couple of key things. First of all, there is really lots and lots of capital around. It's a big difference from the post-global financial crisis uh, period or, or the global financial crisis period. Um, banks are in very, very good shape. Um, there's huge amounts of money in debt funds and in equity funds. And it's all looking to make investments. You know, the, the interest rates are very, very low, much lower than they were post-global financial crisis. And um, that means that there's huge amounts of money looking to make real investments. At the same time, we've got very good long-term trends in hospitality. I mean, anybody who argues that the long-term trends of uh, real increases in uh, hospitality, travel, leisure, uh, is, is going to change fundamentally, I, I, I think are wrong. I think they're fundamentally wrong. These long-term trends have been in place for uh, a long, long time, and they're likely, very likely to continue. Now, the other side of the equation, of course, is the fact that, you know, the vast majority of hospitality companies are going to survive this. Obviously, they've had a really bad time, really bad time, but there's masses of government support. And so long as that government support is withdrawn over time in a practical way, right, if there's one thing that could cause a lot of the industry to go bust if it's suddenly withdrawn. It's not going to be suddenly withdrawn. It's going to be withdrawn in a very practical, measured way. So the vast majority of companies will survive. And at the same time, they're going to be more efficient because a lot of the hygiene and cleanliness stuff that they're doing actually practically makes them more efficient. You know, mm-hmm. online check-in, Bluetooth door entry, that's going to continue. Right. It's going to continue beyond this crisis. It was accelerating, the trend was accelerating prior to this crisis, and that's going to continue. That makes things more efficient. Not having as many people on reception is mm-hmm. going to make hotels a lot more efficient. So we have a situation where there's lots of money around. There's very solid long-term trends. You've got more efficient hotels for the ones who survive, which are going to be the vast majority. And the final piece of the jigsaw <laughs> is a lot of new development will be um, delayed or, or, or postponed. Mm-hmm. So you've got, mm-hmm. you know, you've got a very interesting and very positive investment scenario for the vast bulk of the hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, they're obviously going to be knock on effects and there's going to be um, more, you know, investors are going to be more selective in terms of what, what they invested in, invest in. But capital is most certainly available. And, and anybody who, you know, who's thinking of of raising money then you know they should they should get in touch with their advisors as soon as possible because uh, now is the time to start preparing the um you know the investment case and the business plan to 
support new capital investment. Mm -hmm. And if and should hotel owners need additional funding, what would you advise? Well, as I mentioned, you know, they need to talk to their advisors as soon as possible uh, because the investment case needs to be built. Uh, the business plan needs to be constructed, but, you know, the capital is there, right? I mean, you know, it, it, is, it, it is there, but it takes a while to get because you have to construct a business plan. You have, to, you have to look at returns. You have to look at valuations. You have to construct a business case, which is attractive to, you know, the different pots of capital that are available. The debt, you know, debt, debt requirements are, or, or lender requirements are different from equity requirements. So I, I guess the answer to the question is as soon as the business is stabilised, right, mm -hmm. top priority, stabilise your business. As soon as the business is stabilised, then it's time to start thinking about uh, uh, expansion, raising capital. And for that, you need a business plan, you need an investment case. So it's a question of talking really talking to your advisor as soon as possible. And we're doing quite a lot of work right now with, with clients uh, uh, exactly along those lines, helping prepare business plans, investment cases. And um, there's a couple of opportunities where we'll be starting to market to the investment world fairly shortly. So, so you know, don't, don't, don't be backward in coming forward, I think is probably the key message mm -hmm. for hospitality owners. Mm -hmm. And you've already mentioned that there's uh, capital available, but at what cost is this available post-COVID? Well, it's, again, it's a very interesting question because you've got, you have two effects, right? You've got obviously increased risk. I mean, there's of course increased risk at the moment mm -hmm. and will continue to be for many months. And that means that the, um, the discount rate that investors discount the value of future earnings is higher because expect you know they, they desire you know they, they want higher returns at the same time you've got the overall level of interest rates in the market at an all-time low I mean interest rates are you know a percentage point less than they were a couple of years ago in terms of government bond markets so you've got and that's the sort of benchmark risk-free rate so you've got declining benchmark interest rates which means the rate of return on alternative investments is lower right coupled with higher risk premium so overall and i'm about to make a very controversial statement but i believe it to be true overall i think valuations as a whole are going to remain about what they were actually pre-crisis mm -hmm. because that disguises the two competing effects if you see what I mean, there's two competing effects which net out. So I think valuations are going to be about the same, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, good businesses will be funded. There's no good businesses with good business plans. I've no doubt will be funded. It will take longer because the risks are higher, but they'll be funded. Mm -hmm. So, on what grounds is there a strong case for investing in hospitality? Well, you've got a number of things, don't you? You've got very good long-term trends. You know, the global trends for hospitality have been very positive for many, many years. Real increases, in other words, uh, you know, ahead of GDP growth, sorry, ahead of inflation, real increases in spend, uh, more propensity to travel, mm -hmm. you know, more, 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 more variation in the type of, hospitality that people want a lot of people talking about experiential hospitality etc etc that's not going to change I, I reject absolutely the assertion that somehow this crisis is going to affect in the long term 
people's desire to travel and explore. It's a basic human instinct and it will continue. Now set off against that, of course, you've got this short-term problem of the virus. Now, now the point about the virus is that the perception of risk by people is much greater, much, much greater than actual risk. And government messaging around the world has been stay safe, be scared by this, etc. Whatever the merits of that uh, messaging, the fact is that right now there's more chance you're going to be killed by a car than you are by the virus in the UK. These are government statistics. Now, people perceive it to be different, right? Hence, hotels have to do all the hygiene stuff and all that stuff. Over time, by which I mean a few months, the two will collide. Perception of risk will collide with the actuality of risk because this is a fact. It's not something that can be hidden. Anybody can see what the statistics are. In London right now, there's hardly any cases of coronavirus. This is, these are government statistics. The rest of the country will follow. So we have a short-term situation whereby hospitality in the UK, but to different extents around the world, Mm -hmm. are having to deal with the fact that for a proportion of the population a minority but a proportion they are scared so they have to tempt them back in by going over the top in terms of hygiene etc mm -hmm. this will not last because it is not consistent with the reality of the situation we saw this post 9 11 you know where everybody was scared to travel etc for a period of time until they realized actually that the risks were very very low and then it bounced back and it will be the same here. So, so, you know, uh, you know, th there are, there is uncertainty, right? Mm -hmm. There's lots of capital around. The long-term trends are great. The short-term trends will be difficult, but there's lots and lots of reasons to believe that the extra costs that hospitality companies are putting in place now mm -hmm. will uh, not be required in the future, except for, those that make the companies more efficient, like things like uh, Bluetooth door entry and um, and online check-in, which which was happening in any case in the world of hospitality, and will increase margins. Mm -hmm. Do you think that COVID will result in a wave of opportunistic acquisitions of distressed assets? Well, um, there's a big debate right now in the, in, in the sort of finance industry. And I take the view that there will not be a big wave of distressed assets. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I take the view relates to some of the points I was making earlier. Banks are very well capitalized. Governments have been very, very supportive. Mm -hmm. So, you know, real estate owners, by and large, have been very supportive in terms of renegotiating leases, giving you know, holidays, et cetera, et cetera. So, so long as that continues, mm -hmm. then I do not believe there's going to be a wave of distressed assets. There are circumstances where there would be, and that is if any of those that I've just mentioned cease to be. So if the government stopped being supportive, if real estate uh, owners start to to enforce leases etc etc mm -hmm. and the, the other reason why there would be a wave of distress assets is if the economy doesn't bounce back relatively quickly now relatively quickly to me means over the course of the next year right mm -hmm. uh, if we're in a sort of depression for the next several years and all bets are off banks will foreclose there'll be a whole load of distress assets and there's some people who believe that i don't believe that 
Mm -hmm. I do not believe that. And the early evidence from China, the early evidence from the US, the early evidence from Germany, the early evidence from a lot of countries, very early evidence, is that there is going to be a bounce back. Mm -hmm. You know, there is going to be a, 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 a bounce back in the economy. It will take a while to get to where it was, but we're not into global depression territory. And so long as that is the case, then I think that it's unlikely there's going to be huge amounts of distressed assets, except perhaps for those players in the market who were marginal pre-COVID, right? You know, the hotels, the resorts, mm -hmm. et cetera, who were struggling before will probably, um, will probably, you know, they're probably not going to survive. They were struggling before, they're probably not going to survive. There may be distressed opportunities there. But by and large, I don't think there are going to be any. Mm -hmm. And what about increased M&A activity? Well, I think there will be. Uh, and we're certainly seeing a lot of, a lot of sort of new inquiries on the M&A side. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of people with a lot of cash. And there's a lot of owners who've been to hell and back. Well, they've been to hell and they're on their way back. They're not quite back yet in the last <laughs> few months. And I think there's going to be you know some 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 owners who are thinking of selling a year ago they'll sort of you know a, a lot of them will think well maybe now's the time to sell um you know there's a lot of overseas interest particularly in the uk but generally around europe so i think i think there will be m a i suspect that vast majority of it won't be distressed some of it will be retirement sales for people who've been thinking about it for a while um some will be associated with the requirement for additional capital mm -hmm. to be invested in the business. Uh, but certainly with interest rates this low and the amount of capital around and the long-term trends in place and those who survive this, which will be most people will be in good, a good position because, you know, marginal competition will have gone and development will have been delayed. You know, there's a powerful case mm -hmm. for uh, m and uh, generally across, across the sector. Mm -hmm. And looking forwards, do you think we'll see more or less hotel companies adopt the asset light model? Well, that's a great question, Eloise. And again, opinion is sort of divided on this. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, it, it all depends upon the motivations of the owners, right? Mm -hmm. So owners who are real estate people will want to own real estate because mm -hmm. they feel comfortable mm -hmm. with it. Owners who are basically operators will not want to own real estate, but question, will they want to do the sort of straight leases that have been around for a while? And the answer to that question is no. So I think you should expect to see um, a, a, a variety of different lease structures emerge. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, base rents, well-capitalized base rents, uh, plus some revenue share or some profit share. There's gonna be a variety of what they call hybrid leases around which is a combination of uh, profit share or revenue share and base rent of that. I have no doubt in certain parts of it, they're quite common now as well. I mean, I think you're going to see those relatively small number of hospitality companies mm -hmm. who have been able to continue to pay rent. Mm -hmm. These like premier in, these guys are going to get pick of the sites, right? Mm -hmm. And, and the ones that have not been able to pay rent are, are, are going to, are gonna uh, not gonna get great sites. You know, they're not gonna get the first first um, first view of great sites, 
and those who've been positively aggressive towards real estate owners like Travelodge and others, you know, they're going to be way down the list. So, so I think, you know, you're going to see a, a, a range of different types of relationship between operators and real estate owners. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some parties, the straight long-term lease will still be attractive mm-hmm. for some operators. Uh, yields will be compressed for the ones who've, as I say, who've, who've, who've continued to pay their rent. So Premier Inn, I'm sure, will be able to get really great deals on straight leases at re- you know really, really good, uh, really good terms. F- for the rest of uh, of the industry, you know, there's going to have to be flexibility on the operator and the real estate side, and I would expect to see a variety of different structures uh, uh, consisting of some form of base payment plus some form of incentive. Thanks for listening to the Boutique Hotel News podcast. If you'd like to keep up to date with industry news, head on over to boutiquehotelnews.com and sign up to our twice-weekly newsletter. Boutique Hotel News is part of the international hospitality media portfolio. This November, we launched the Urban Living Festival 2020 in London. We're inviting urban innovators and investors at the cutting edge of contemporary hospitality and real estate to look to the future and collectively define where we stay, live and work. Visit urbanlivingfestival.com for more details.